This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Hello everyone and welcome along to the post-game podcast where once again the topic of conversation is a disappointing Liverpool defeat. I'm your host Patrick Smith and there is certainly plenty to get through in tonight's reaction and analysis. Darwin Nunes notched his second Premier League goal of the season and Roberto Firmino once again scored against Arsenal, but the positives end there. I won't bore you with all the negatives, but I'm sure you're all eagerly awaiting the reaction on tonight's pod. There's no better place to start than the Liverpool Echoes correspondent Paul Gorse from the Emirates, followed by Jürgen Klotz press conference and then plenty of fan reaction. The post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel. Liverpool have fallen 14 points behind Premier League leaders Arsenal after the 3-2 defeat here at the Emirates this afternoon. Um, goals at either end of the first half have really condemned Liverpool to this defeat, but uh, also a controversial penalty in the second half as well. Um, but what can we say about uh, a Liverpool performance? Um, I mean, it's, it's difficult to kind of analyse where Liverpool's problems are just because there are so many of them. It has to be said for all the talk that Ian Klopp has done in the week after uh, an encouraging performance against Rangers in midweek in the Champions League. Um, Arsenal had the lead after less than minutes through uh, Gabriel Martinelli. Um, barely any Liverpool player had had a touch of the ball before um, Adegard, Martin Adegaard fed Martinelli, who was fast to make it 1 0. Um, Liverpool, after a difficult opening 20 minutes, kind of found the foot the footing. Um, but uh, it's the 10th time in the last 12 games that Liverpool have conceded early and that is, of all the problems that they have at the moment, that's probably the one that has undercut them the most, it has to be said. Uh, they're not going to win games as long as that, that kind of statistic goes on any further. It's Darwin Nunes who scored his first goal since the opening weekend after Luis Diaz had played them in. Uh, Liverpool made it 1-1, but um, Diaz went off injured. Sadly, we were waiting to hear an update from Jürgen Klopp on how bad that one is, and he was probably Liverpool's best player before he was replaced by Roberto Firmino. Um, in the fifth minute of at the time, the first half, um, a counter-attack from Arsenal brought their second. Mikhail Saka sliding in at the far post to make it 2-1 and really punchy the optimism that Liverpool had kind of found once more after weathering a bit of a storm and, and finding a feat in the game, as I say. But, um, it was Firmino who made it 2-2, that's now his 10th goal against Arsenal and no other Liverpool players scored more against them. Um, that's a piece of history for him, but that was about as good as it got for Liverpool who were dominated throughout the second half. Uh, Gabriel Jesus went down under um, a bit of a clearance from Thiago Alcantara. Controversial call, probably, you would say. Uh, plenty of people didn't think it was a penalty. We didn't get to see much of a, a replay in the press box, but um, Saka dusted himself off and made it 3-2 uh, and Liverpool never really looked like getting themselves back into it. So, uh, Arsenal win this one. Uh, after not scoring against Liverpool in four games last season, they scored 3 today at the Emirates and they've run away 3-2 winners. They were 14 points clear, Liverpool trail then. Uh, by a whopping uh, deficit, you have to say. Manchester City travelling by Fairzine as well, so you have to say that Liverpool's title ambitions are already done and dusted before the Halloween costumes have even been picked out. Top four now has to be the aim for Liverpool. They trail Chelsea, who are in fourth by six points. They have a game in hand, but before they can talk about where they're going to finish and where they want to finish, uh, Liverpool simply have to improve. They have to stop conceding the first goal and have to try and get somehow the better players into the game more often. But it's finished here. No dis- disappointing afternoon for Liverpool. Arsenal 3, Liverpool 2. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Overall thoughts on the game, obviously it was a bit of a crazy one, but um, are you disappointed <laughs> with the performance? Yes. 
very disappointed. Um, I think around all three goals we made decisive mistakes, like the first goal, of course, definitely too early in our situation. Um, it's obviously not what you need to, to get a foot in the game. I understand it a little bit because it's a situation where we, we pass the ball forward, lose it and have a chance to win it back. Diogo nearly blocks the ball. If he can't block the ball, then I think we go the other way. But he can't block the ball, ball first plays through our lines. And there we have to interrupt the game. However, I don't know exactly, I have to look it back, but um, because the moment when Odegaard can, is free on the ball, I think it was Odegaard and passed the ball to Martinelli. So this pass is not to defend anymore. It's just not possible. Yeah, one nil down, really um, bad start. Um, but start controlling the game, play a really good game against a very aggressive, full of confidence Arsenal side. But um, we really showed that we are here for a reason. Score the equaliser, wonderful goal, great play, um, an open game, could go either way, I think, with advantages for us, um, more possession, more finishes, these kind of things. Um, yeah, and then we make a, 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 a bad decision before half-time, we get a free kick, and it's a situation where you ignore a free kick, I'm completely guilty for that, can, as an excuse for my side, I can say I was surprised that we, <laughs> that we went up front and I, like, hey, what are we doing? But then, yeah, if the boys are convinced, then let's score a goal. But we didn't. We conceded one on the other end. And that's now, um, of course, not... Yeah, like after the worst possible start, now we had the worst possible end of the first half. Going in half-time, there we have additional problems. Um, Lujo, we had to change already before, obviously. Um, something with the knee, not good. We will no, not good. We'll, we will, he will have a scan and then we know more. I have no idea about the extent. But on top of that, Trent on the bat as well and with the ankle, twisted ankle, not good. Trent never in seven years never went off if he could have played on. So pain, not too much pain, slight swelling immediately. So we'll have a scan. But told the boys, so we have to try to um, obviously cut off the two goals and um, and, and, and build on the, on the good stuff. And, but that means you have to play football again, and that's what we didn't do. Yes, Arsenal came out again, very aggressive, man-to-man -man against Hendo and, and Thiago. Um, but we weren't flexible enough anymore in the front line. So didn't drop in the right moments, didn't offer half spaces apart from the goal, where we did that obviously particularly well. Then we scores the, the equaliser, and now it's a really open game. I think with again a slight advantage for us, but then the the, um, the penalty happens, and uh, what can I say now about that situation? So he he thought immediately it's a penalty, which, which is interesting, but his decision. Mr. England had a look at it and thought as well as a penalty, so um, how we know in life, if two refs think the same, then it's the truth we have to live with. Um, but if I see the situation back, when there, if, if there was contact, and I'm not sure there was contact, but there might have been soft contact, of course, but the player goes again on both feet and then down, that's an indication that something might have been made up a bit. So, but not for the refs. 
but they thought it's a clear not a handball in the first half when Diogo put the ball on Gabriel's arm. We cannot change that. You know, our situation is now obviously a really difficult one. Um, but in this, in, if then it's already difficult enough with injuries now on top of that. But if in a, if in a game like this, these decisions go go against you, yeah, it's kind of typical, but it doesn't help. And so now we lost the game um, with. A lot of good moments, again, not to forget the team in form, played against the team not in form, pretty much. Um, and we, we played some good stuff and could have had got a result here. I think a draw would have been a, a, a deserved result, um, but now we have to deal with that, and that's fine. Miguel De Lady. Hey, Jürgen, at the moment it seems like it's one step forward, one step back. You mentioned form. Do you think this is just kind of the circumstances all coming together at the moment, or do you have deeper concerns about where the team is right now. What kind of deeper concerns? Like just whether it's going to be changed the formation. I mean, obviously, there's so much focus on you have to change the attack. But, but that's what I'm asking you. Do you have deeper concerns, or do you think it's just? No, not about that. Not about that. I think the goals we conceded um, had nothing to do with the system. That uh, we have to get used to it a bit more is normal as well. Can we play it again? I don't know because we lost today one important part of it, um, so we have to see what, who is available uh, for the next game. But um, do I have deeper concerns? Yes, of course I'm not happy, how can I? Um, your colleague from TalkSport told me now uh, he knows me just happy all the time and making jokes, so I'm not sure exactly which uh, which type, uh, which club he knows, but um, we are obviously in a, neither in a mood for jokes nor happy. Uh, we are um in a in a tough in a tough moment and we want to get through this together and that's what we are working on. Liverpool's um one last season competing for Moving up the table by winning football games, so that's a good idea. Um, and what was the rest? If, if the, that we didn't win or that we played a long season or didn't win the two trophies, that's the two different questions I get asked. So I was saying how Liverpool last season you were competing for four trophies. Do you think it's a factor, depending on how well we're doing already this season? Um, if we are competing for four trophies this last year, season. Oh, last season, yeah, I know. Okay, sorry, I really try to understand. But what does it do with this season? That's that's the part I didn't understand I, yet. I was asking if you think it's the fact as to how well you're doing this season. Ah, no. Sorry. I don't. No, sorry, it's fine. No, I don't. I don't. I know. That's uh, quite a lot of people ask me that if we play how we play because last year we uh, lost the two big trophies. Um, it feels like it's years ago. I don't think it's the reason, but. I understand that you all out there think about around all corners and find and try to find a reason, but um, things like this can happen. John in the second round. Jürgen, this defeat leaves you 14 points behind Arsenal. I know you've got a game in hand, but inevitably people are going to say, oh, you know, where does this leave Liverpool's title chances and chances in getting even for the top four? Where, where do you kind of see yourself in that? Yeah, not in the title race. Imagine I would sit here and think, yeah, we are nearly there. Wait. 
Um, look, we saw a lot of things. So we have problems in the moment, but we caused the team inform the leader of the table massive problems today. I think even in a really bad situation for us, with early changes and stuff like this, we caused them real problems. So that's the truth as well. So we have to continue. So of course, in a situation like ours, um, um, now you play, now play Arsenal, and, and now we play Rangers, obviously, and then you play Man City. Is that the perfect opponent for finding confidence back? Probably not. Eh? So, but we will go out there and fight, um, and that's what we have to do, and that's what we will do. Um, and we are not here for um, being happy with the situation we are in and stuff like this, and thinking about last year and nearly there, nearly no, not at all. None of nobody of us is like that. But it's always like this in 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 a, in, in a situation like this. It's you can ask all the questions, but my answers are I cannot change them really a lot. If you're winning, you know, five million things we could talk about. He's great. He's great. He's super. And the goals was outstanding. If you're losing. It's always the same. It's a bit more. The conversations are a bit more rusty. Yeah? Um, and I cannot change that. I couldn't be bothered about it to be honest. But we work on solutions. Today I saw. How is that? Some of them. But when you then knock down with your, what is a nice word for the backside? <laughs> so what you build with your hand, you knock down with your backside, that's really, that's not helpful. And that's what we did today. Um, and that makes it obviously even more difficult. And um, well, but we will keep going. We have a lot of hands up, but we won't get through everyone. I'll, I'll just start the gentleman with glasses. We're going to have to get through as many as quick as we can. Gentlemen behind I know, I know it's difficult after defeat, but you were full of praise for Arsenal before Martinelli, Odegaard, Zach and so on. What's your impression now? Have you stood at the side Didn't change. Didn't change during the game. They're still good. And yes, it's a very difficult moment to talk about that, but... Um, how I said, my situation is that I have to answer all the questions, even the one why I'm not laughing, which I really cannot believe. So, if the questions, that's the last question. We have a long yeah. way home. Oh, you mentioned that despite the defeat, you've seen, you have seen like good stuff uh, from your team. Uh, within the good things you've seen from Liverpool, how do you rate Darwin's performance? Not only because he scored, was good. but he makes run all. He yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. It was good. Sharp. Good, involved in nearly everything. Scored a great goal. Yeah. Good. Last one to the gentleman here. Don't care, Joe. Hi. Hi. Why you give questions away like like? <laughs> like, like honestly, it's a good question. He's new in the job. Um, uh, I. Thought we can, so we had to defend um, again on a high level, and we tried to put um, Hendo on that side there. Um, Mo did unbelievable, um, a lot, really big, big workload. We put in a real shift, um, and that sometimes it's very intense, and that's why we thought we can do it with Hendo. And then we wanted still to win even when we took a strike off. Thank you, everyone. Apart from you. Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Hello, Alex Watts, and safe to say this is not the most fun season I've ever had as a Liverpool supporter. Um, 
Oh, it's indicative of our season, really, that Liverpool was somehow simultaneously better and also worse than I expected them to be in this game. Like, we were somehow really, really poor at times, but also really harshly done by um, when it came to refereeing decisions. It was a weird day, all in all. And, you know, it's been a lot of years since I've gone into a game against Arsenal and been this worried. It's always a big game when we play them, but with the form of both teams, it was odd to go in here and not be the favourite for the first time in a long time, I feel like. But that speaks strongly to the form of each team right now. And after the loss here, we're looking at, I think, a 14-point gap between us already, which is just not what any of us expected at the start of the season. Especially when you look back at after that Community Shield win, like how far away does that feel now? Um, and the thing is, I was happy today when I saw the lineup. I saw we'd stuck with that more balanced 4 2 3 1 that worked so well midweek against Rangers, because in theory, that would mean Thiago and Hendo again could sit deeper behind the four attackers, give the protect- protection for Trent and Simicast to go forward um, a lot more effectively and safely. And it did work at times today, but there are a lot of flaws with it as well. Because you saw when it worked really well, like with our second goal, that came when Thiago and Hendo really got on the ball again, started passing really effectively. And obviously Bobby's finish was a typically great one from him this season. Um, Also, I did celebrate that Bobby goal so loudly that my poor wife who'd gone into the other room to look for something. Uh, it made her jump and bang her head. Uh, so sorry for that. She was very forgiving when she realised it was due to Firmino because she loves him too. But it was too on and off today with the system working and then completely going to pot. And, you know, the start of the game kind of indicative of that, you know, just the worst possible start we could have possibly had. The main issue there, um, and it happened a lot in, early on in the game, Arsenal were targeting us on both sides smartly um, to get in behind Simakas and Trent, and the protection we saw with the formation versus Rangers just wasn't there at times. And on top of that, we were missing something in terms of spark at the moment. We're so predictable going forward a lot of the time, and it's a real worry Because we see some great moments like with the two goals today and then we regress again. Because the thing is, we grew into the game in the first half. The problem is we keep conceding early and then we're pretty much always chasing the game this season. Which when you compare to our our best seasons from recent times, even if we start slow, we would keep a clean sheet and then we'd build the momentum and start scoring and grow into the game that way. That defensive platform has been so lacking this season. And every time we'd go a goal down today, we'd have to fight back. And at 3-2, we just couldn't find another equaliser. You know, their goal before half time summed that up um, and summed up the day in a lot of ways because we'd been in the ascendancy at that point. Their goal then comes against the run of play in many ways, but we make some stupid defensive errors. And instead of being able to go in at 1-1 and kick on for the second half, we go in a goal down. You know, our inability to defend against the counter-attacks is getting really frustrating. We should should be able to prevent a goal when it starts 70 yards from our own goal. You know, Thiago and Hendo made errors along the way to that. There was a bizarre piece of defensive decision-making from Trent. And then we're 2-1 down when we we should be going in at 1-1. There's too much of that this season. Um, on the Trent front, 
He was obviously taken off at half time for Gomez, probably because of his ankle issue. But honestly, I think from Klopp's point of view, taking Trent out of the firing line for a few weeks and letting the English media move on to their next target to obsess over relentlessly may not be the worst idea. I know he wants to make the England squad, but Southgate isn't going to pick him because England play far too dull and tactically rigid football. So he'll be better off because the last few weeks have been relentless from certain pundits, especially ones from Manchester. Funnily enough, I'm sure it's a coincidence, but the defensive issues continued after he went off. It's almost like one young fullback isn't the sole cause of every defensive issue we're having this season. Um, And then beyond the issues we caused ourselves today, I also have to say that the officiating was odd, uh, dreadful, in fact, at times from where I was sitting. You know, how it wasn't a penalty for the handball from Gabriel, how Martinelli escaped uh, any card for that follow-through on Trent. The penalty decision that got given against us was incredibly soft, incredibly harsh. I know... The defending was terrible leading up to that, but it was just a bizarre VAR decision. And I mean, Gomez at one point got booked for not taking a throw in quickly enough. It was absolutely bizarre refereeing and VAR work today for me. Um, But the audacity of Arteta and the Arsenal staff to be complaining about the officiating at the end as well was like, have some shame, lads, come on. But yeah, some... Just a grim result today. And I know I'm not alone in absolutely dreading playing Man City next weekend. The thought of us trying to defend against Haaland in this form is going to give me nightmares for the next week, I'm sure. And Luis Diaz going off today is really worrying as well. He's been one of our few bright spots this season. So I'm hoping that's not too serious because we need him next weekend. And football's a strange game. I tend to be optimistic, but it's hard to muster anything but pessimism looking at City and then looking at us at the moment. But let's see what happens. I'll always trust in Jürgen. So cheers up the Reds. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 3-2 loss at the Emirates to Arsenal. Uh, came back from behind twice. I must say I couldn't get particularly excited about the prospect of us coming back a third time because we need to win these games. Uh, a point even away to Arsenal isn't isn't quite what we need these days. We need to be we need to be getting three points and lots of them. And I think we can we can toss the Premier League away now for this season. We we must, absolutely must finish in the top four, of course, and that is that that has to be the realistic aim now. But even that on current form isn't looking like a walk in the park. Um Arsenal were the better team today, and it's it's hard to it's hard to deny that. Um, I, I I think it was pleasing that we set up again with four two three one. There was lots of discussion about whether we'd revert to four three three. The prospect of Rangers at home is a very different one from Arsenal away. And yet I think it was really the only sensible decision because clearly 4-3-3 at the moment isn't working. And the only glimmer of hope we have in terms of formations was uh, the one that led us to victory against Rangers. So not particularly surprising that we set up in the same way as we did in the middle of the week. And that meant that Darwin was playing. And as I did in, in the last game, I think 
um, worthwhile continuing the Darwin watch theme. Um, numerous offsides in that first half from him. He had a 20-yard effort that was deflected for a corner, all good. Um, a shot from an angle that was a, another another one that was a comfortable height for the goalkeeper, something we saw a lot of in that game against Rangers. And a nice square ball for Diaz that almost led to an own goal, actually. It didn't reach Diaz, it was cut out, but it was uh, pinged across with some power and he got him looking sharp there. And he came back a couple of times to help out defensively. Tsimikas got himself out of a very tight, tight spot, I think beating three players in the process, but just lost control of the ball and uh, Darwin coming very deep rescued that situation. He also headed a clearance from uh, a corner uh, defensively. So certainly coming back and doing his fair share to help out the team at the back. And then there was the goal, of course. So it, all in all, it was a, a satisfying first half from him, very much involved. That changed significantly in the second half, not necessarily his fault, uh, because I think Arsenal were quite clearly the better team in the second half. And there were lots of changes from Jurgen in that second period, trying to just find a, a way in which we could, you know, get hold of the game. And, and let's face it, we never really quite managed to do that. I mean, the two goals we had were pleasing. It was good to see Darwin score and Bobby coming on and scoring again. Also very satisfying, lovely ball from Diogo Jota to put Bobby through and a, a very smart finish once again. A little bit surprised that Bobby didn't line up against Rangers in the middle of the week, although I'd assume that he was just resting him, but then to not play him this time, again, a surprise, given that he had been on the scoring sheet um, and, you know, did the same thing again today. The changes that happened in the second half, the adjustments that Jürgen made, a little bit confusing for me. Um, it, it looks a little bit untidy. Seemed to be a lot of formational changes. Again, looking for that looking for that twist of fate that might lead us to um, get some points out of this game. It, it was hard to tell sometimes whether we'd reverted to 4-3-3 or whether we were playing some kind of 4-4-2 with players that traditionally wouldn't be suited to that sort of formation. When you take Mo Salah off, it does create problems because there is uh, something of an imbalance. We don't have a, a natural replacement for Mo Salah other than Harvey Elliott, who I think could play that role, not not to Salah's standard, of course, not just yet, but um, he's the only one um, that, that could take that role. So ahead of Elliott coming on, there, there, there did seem to be a, some unnatural positions taken up on the field. On the subject of, of Mo Salah, his form has been the point of some discussion, but it, it's certainly taken... Um, a back seat because there's been bigger discussions for the media and Liverpool fans to have. But but Mo has been quiet, hasn't he? A lot of that we are told and we can see for ourselves is because he seems to be playing in a wider position, not finding himself in in those central areas. He did drift in very nicely at one point, uh, beat two, I think maybe even three players. Uh, I think I think the shot was then blocked. But we're not seeing enough of what we've enjoyed from Mo Salah. Um, in the past couple of seasons in particular. And, uh, you know, that's got to go down as one of the reasons why we're not firing on all cylinders. Still problems to solve, certainly. 
I'm glad that we're getting back to the Champions League where we still have some hope of doing something memorable this season because I think, you know, even though we are only early in October, there's not much more we can expect in terms of celebratory days and evenings in the bar- in the Premier League. At Galasahi on Twitter, G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. Liverpool lose at Arsenal and for me the most worrying performance of the season and that is actually saying something because Liverpool have been poor in numerous games so far this season both in the Premier League and the Champions League but the main worry for me is when you see a team going away from an idea a philosophy, identity or whatever you want to call it because they are inferior to the opposition then there has to be major concerns because throughout Liverpool's dominance over the last few years, Liverpool have always virtually had major control of all the games that they they take part in, whether it be with or without the ball. Liverpool have always been, for the majority of the time, 99 times out of 100, the the dominant side within games with a clear structure a clear identity of how they want to play and normally it resulted in them statistically outscoring the opposition in all the key factors that mattered in a football match you know shots on their goal shots on the opposition goal possession Liverpool are not that at the moment I mentioned in the, the podcast last week how Liverpool had turned games into a basketball match and games and them sorry resembling a, a mid-table Premier League team, a team who it was really uh, a, a flip of a coin whether they were going to win games based on the number of chances they were creating, based on the number of chances they were conceding and based on the possession within football matches. And today, for example, against Arsenal, who were a really good side, Arsenal, he built them up into a, a really progressive side with young players, full of energy, full of technical ability. And Arteta has obviously now been able to implement with them better players. That positional football that obviously Pep Guardiola has made, made famous at Manchester City, Bayern Munich, Barcelona, in terms of dominating different spaces on a football field. So Arsenal are a good side, there's no question about that. And Liverpool actually in the first half, in possession anyway, and territorially, had long spells of the superior side of the game however the moment Arsenal went up a level and were able to get pressure on Liverpool's shape in the second half Liverpool was so inferior I thought the second half performance was was really worrying everything that you wouldn't associate with Liverpool they were quite clearly the inferior team and to go from a side who were in the Champions League final and nearly won every single trophy available to them to be an inferior in the progression of Arsenal and the regression of Liverpool was massively shown up for me in that second half. Liverpool couldn't get out, they couldn't get a foothold on the game, they couldn't get control of the ball. And to be honest, the Firmino finish, which was a great finish by Firmino, was an exception, an anomaly to that second half rule in which by the end of the game, I think Arsenal had something like 3xG to Liverpool's I don't know, under one XG, which told the, told the whole story for me of how superior they were, even when Liverpool had decent possession of the ball in the first half. They were unable to, to hit Arsenal whatsoever. And, and Arsenal, in, in contrast, 
looked like scoring every time they came forward, every time they were in a dangerous situation. And to couple that, as poor as Liverpool were in the second half, what worried me even more, and why for me it's the most worrying game within the season, is Liverpool are already playing a shape which you don't associate with Liverpool. It's a reaction to how Liverpool, how bad Liverpool have been playing this season. It's a systemic failure of what's gone before and Liverpool have had to adapt because basically they've been so vulnerable. And again, not just vulnerable without the ball, but actually they've been quite poor going forward as well in terms of the combinations in the final third, the link-up, you know, the the connections that you were so, patterns of play that you were so used to seeing Liverpool have have no longer existed this season in the main part. And they've been forced to change. So straight away you look under the team sheets, which which looks unusual, does not look what you expect of Liverpool. And then in the second half, when Liverpool were struggling to the extent that they couldn't get a foot on the ball, that Liverpool, Arsenal had such dominance over them in a way that Liverpool haven't had to endure over the last few seasons. The changes from Jurgen Klopp and the game plan after that by changing even more and going even more away from what you would associate Liverpool as being successful with. I mean, bringing off Mohamed Salah for Jordan Henderson playing right-sided midfield in a 4-4-2. And now, don't get me wrong, Liverpool weren't playing well before Salah went off, but that, to me, I mean, how far away can that get from what you have associated with Liverpool? I mean, that totally takes away that wide threat, which has been such a such a pattern of how Liverpool have played. And then Liverpool ended the game with a situation where Harvey Elliott was playing left side of a midfield four in a 4-4-2 with Roberto Firmino and Darwin Nunes up top. I don't... And then you look at Arsenal on the other side with all players playing in what you would call a natural shape, being able to dominate spaces between Liverpool's units and mean that Liverpool couldn't play out and, and be territorially inferior in every capacity. And throughout the last few years, you've always looked at other teams and you've thought to yourself, what is their plan when they play against Liverpool? I'm so happy that Liverpool have this tactical plan. They've been so well coached. They have players who fit that particular system. The connections look so good on the field of play. Now you're looking at it in complete reverse and looking at Liverpool and thinking, where are Liverpool going with this? And that, the way they ended the game today, even in the closing stages when they were chasing the goal and Van Dijk was was going higher and, and playing further forward so Liverpool could play the ball longer. I mean, Liverpool went out the game with a whimper. Not only structurally were they all over the place, which meant that they couldn't get hold of the ball and players playing in unnatural positions, but also they technically they just weren't good enough throughout the game. And that's the biggest worry. It, you know, technically, physically, tactically, they were second, second best. And when I look at Liverpool's team as well, and it, it's very much a, a 4-4-2, which they've been operating at this moment in time. And Liverpool have very vertical players in that forward line when you look at who started the games. Yogo Jota, Darwin Nunes, Mohamed Salah, Luis Diaz, who unfortunately had to come off the field of play. But these are all players who, who like to attack quickly, who like to threaten space, there's got to be a mix within a team where you've got players of intelligence, players who will drop in, create space for them, these players to operate in and be the brain of the team in the final third and connect the team. So often Firmino has obviously done that throughout the years, but Firmino has looked a shadow of his former self. Ironically, I mentioned last week how 
his actual goal return and his threat on the opposition goal has actually gone up, but his all-round game has, has deteriorated. And Liverpool, for me, don't have that link player in the forward line, which means that when you're looking at a 4-4-2, it is very much a, a vertical 4-4-2. And I wasn't worried too much about the, the, the two-man midfield because people are talk about, oh, there's a three in there against the two, but you can always manage that because, as Liverpool did in the first half, with these forward players cutting off spacings for the opposition to be able to play through and the build-up, for example, Jota and Darwin Nunes taking up spacings, which means that the ball can't enter the midfield zone. That is a way of managing space within that central area of the pitch. It doesn't always have to be through central midfielders and numerical central midfielders. You can do it in other ways. You can stop the the service at source, if you like. But, but yeah, what does worry me about the the system and the way Liverpool are going about it, there's a real lack of craft in that final third as well. And the balance just isn't right for me. When I look at Arsenal, for example, today, having an Odegaard, cute player in that in that mid, middle uh, percentage of the pitch. And I think if you are going to keep with a 4-4-2 system, and I don't know how Liverpool do for me, with the personnel that they currently have, because it takes away so much of Salah's game, so much of Luis Diaz's game, because they are obviously having to play wider and then fill in spacings when Liverpool don't have the ball out wide. And then without that connecting player up front, you almost get, when the ball goes up top, it doesn't stick, it comes back at you. There's no one to be able to cement the ball and allow Liverpool to build attacks too often. So all, all round for me, the most worrying game of the season, the most worrying game that I've seen from Liverpool in many a year, because that has totally gone away from what you expect Liverpool to be, their idea, their philosophy, the manager's blueprints. This is a team without an identity at the moment, not only in formation-wise, but in the, the decisions of the manager in terms of the personnel he's putting in different areas. And like I say, that tactical plan at the end in what Liverpool finished with was one that I've seen through when I've looked at the opposition throughout the last few years and thought, what are they doing? What are they trying to achieve? Why are they putting square pegs in round holes? Why are they playing a system that doesn't suit the players? Well, unfortunately, that's Liverpool right now and Liverpool just need to finish in the top four by somehow this season. But the way they are playing and the way the actual performances, never mind the results, it's a long way back at this point and they need to get some confidence quickly because Manchester City is going to be a, a terrifying watch if it doesn't if they don't somehow find a way to find a suitable formation, go back to an identity that suits them and find a way of winning games and playing much better, which is the first starting point. Mike Holt with my review on Arsenal 3, Liverpool 2, in which is a really, not just a deflating result, but a deflating performance. Um, only showed glimpses in that game of what we're capable of, of what we were doing last year. Um, more so maybe in the for 20 to 25 minutes in the first half and maybe 15 to 10 in the second. Um, bar that, I think it's only fair that we could be critical of this Liverpool performance and result. They're 14 points ahead of us now, Arsenal. Um, and we're only in October. Um, City are 13 and... It's really difficult to get behind what this Liverpool team is trying to achieve at the moment. Um, I'm not really too sure there's a bigger criticism I could pay them at the moment than to say that they're as far away as possible from looking like a Jurgen Klopp Liverpool team as I've seen for four years. 
um, at least until Jürgen was, you know, putting the the pieces of the jigsaw together. Um, there, there's a lot, a lot of things wrong in this Liverpool team at the moment. Um, not, you know, obviously things like confidence um, are just natural. You know, we're not going to get confidence from games where we're not picking points up for. You know, especially when we're looking at the league table. Um, but I think the bigger picture here is the real lack of investment shown from FSG over the last two to three years, mainly the last two years, is really showing now, um, really showing. Almost showing because every game that we're starting, we look extremely lethargic. And that comes from that first goal in the first minute. We look so... I don't know if it's just our body language or how we're taken to the game, but we just look lethargic everywhere, every single player. And we take it takes for one goal to go behind, for us to be kicked into gear. Now, this has happened eight or nine times now out of, what is it, 11 or 12 games. That's unacceptable. It's unacceptable for Liverpool Football Club, but it's un- unacceptable if you want to win things, which, we, you know, inevitably, we won't win the league title now, but it's gone, 100% gone. Uh, if you're trying to have yourself on that it's still there, you, you know, you're more than happy to kid yourself. Um... Like I say, it was funny because I was begging for us to go four two three one, which is look what we look like today. And going forward, I'm not too sure we had much of a problem. We did look an attacking threat. Nunes, I thought, had a really good game. Um, I felt sorry for him because there was a lot of times he was making really good runs and people like Jota or Diaz just weren't slipping him in. And um, we were trying, you know, stupid long, long field passes or, you know, he looks a threat. And I thought he was really good. Uh, the forwards alongside him, obviously Diaz not looking that very good for him. That he looks like he might have a little injury there. I hope it's not too bad. Jota had some good moments. He obviously gets the assist for Firmino's goal, but I think his all around play wasn't as good as he can be. Salah, um, and I think Salah needs dropping now. I really think Salah needs dropping because this reign of form, not just this season, this calendar year that he's had given he's had a new contract, is abysmal. And if it was any other player, people would be slating him. It's really time that he needs to get dropped now. And this is what I mean about FSG or the lack of investment. There's not any natural players to come in in his position because we don't have them. We sold our squad players. Your Rivigis, your Minaminos of the world, we sold them all in the summer. Um, Yeah, midfield of Henderson and Thiago in the pivot together. I thought Thiago had some good moments, to be fair. Um, you know, especially the first half, I think he was controlling the game well. Henderson just looked like a headless chicken. Um, he just got himself wound up, especially in the second half. He looked like a, a dog chasing a bouncy ball at times. He he wasn't great at all. Um, back four, Matip and Van Dijk. Matip wasn't 100% on it today. Van Dijk looked shaky in moments. There was a moment where Jesus was gambling with the ball. Van Dijk should have just headed it. This is in the second half. Uh, and Alisson had to come out and win the ball um, and took Jesus with him. But moments like that just made me think Van Dijk's just... His head's, not, his, his head's gone in the last couple of games. I don't know what's wrong with him. Simicast was all right, I thought. Um, Trent, I mean, that's going to be the big topic now, isn't it? If he, if his defending wasn't already the biggest topic in world football at the moment, it'll be the even bigger one. Um I mean, it's a tough solution with Trent now. Um, 
personally, I, it would be ideal if you took him out the firing line for a few games and you just played Joe Gomez back there. Because if you're wanting to play a 4-2-4 and you're wanting the four players to be attacking, you can't play with attacking fullbacks, in my opinion, because then you're playing with six, six attacking players. So if you're going to play 4-2-4... You, you play the four attacking players, but you say to your fullbacks, you're not attacking. You know, you can go forward at the right times, but you're not constantly attacking. And you can't do that in a 4-2-4. So in my opinion, it would be best if you stay in that formation to play Gomez at right back and drop Trent, Trent just for a few games just to get him out of the firing line. Or you look at playing him in midfield, but I don't think we're going to do that. Um, you know, we got hooked off at half-time because he was poor um, for both goals. Personally, I think his positioning's not very. He's not great. His his body, the way he positions himself to defend, isn't great. I know Gary Neville did a piece on Monday Night Football regarding that. And I think he hit the nail on the head. Um, I think our best players, like I say, were Nunes and Allison. Both had good games, but you know, this is another game lost. We've got City next week. You're not confident at this Liverpool team at the moment. I don't see where the wins are coming from. Um, they don't look like a team. They have flashes of good moments going forward, but defensively they're inept. We've got Rangers midweek Champions League at Ibrox. It feels like our season's being rested on the Champions League at the moment. But if we don't pick up the league form, there's a good chance we won't be playing in the Champions League competitions next year.